Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. There are two days in the week, said the philosopher, about which and upon which I never worry. One of these is yesterday, and the other, of course, is tomorrow. Yes, what a simple, straightforward life we could lead if all that mattered were today. And if today could stand alone, unfettered by yesterday, and unconscious of tomorrow. I want you to confess. To what, Lieutenant? Murder. I never killed anyone. You have already killed twice. Confess before you kill again. If you think I killed two people, then arrest me. I can't. I have no evidence. You have no right to subject me to this harassment. I am not harassing you. I'm trying to save you. I want to stop you from killing again. Our mystery drama, The Killer Instinct, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Terry Keene and Ralph Bell. I'll be back shortly with Act One. what there is and use it without waiting forever in vain. To dig deep into the actual and get something out of that. This, without doubt, is the right way to live. This is a thought expressed by Mr. Henry James. A little bit later on in our story, our central character, Harrison Craig, is going to come across it and he's going to be so impressed by it that, well, it's going to be the reason why we have a story. However... Right now, we are sitting at the pool in one of those luxurious resorts in the Bahamas. Isn't this perfect? Mmm, lovely. Later this morning, I would like to... I would like to... Harrison. Darling. It's another of those... Uh, of those troublesome... Uh, uh, my pills are, are in the pocket of my robe. Just caught. D- don't... Don't look so al- alarmed. It, it, it happens regularly enough. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, something to drink? That's, that's, that's fine. Oh, fine. Are you all right? Is it better? Oh, yes. Yes. Now, now I'm, I'm better. Are you sure? See, I'm, I'm good as new. Should I call a doctor? What for? I'll tell him what happened and he'll say you had another seizure. But we know that already, don't we? But you're all right. Of course, I'm all right. <sighs> it sure looks scary. It feels scary. But the pill takes control right away. And I'm as good as new. The heart goes back to pumping away as if nothing happened. The pills, do you have enough of them? Yes, you can see the vial is full. Well, that's a relief. I don't remember renewing the prescription before we left. Lou checked me out at his office, and he gave me this vial, just to make sure. The pill... No, no. Better not say it. I know. It's possible that one day it just won't take effect. But why worry about it? You're wonderful, Marlena. Uh Uh-oh. No, I mean that, darling. You're terrific. You must want something. Now, why do you say that? You misjudge me all the time. Do I? Really? Why talk about it? It's such a beautiful day. Yes. Isn't it fantastic? 
Just lying around in the sun, doing nothing. It certainly is. But tell me something. How do you stand it? What do you mean? You're bored stiff. How can you say that? I know you so well. Darling, that's not fair. But it's true. How can you be satisfied to be alone all the way down here with no one else but me? I love to be alone with you. But a little bit of me goes a long way. I know I'm not enough for you. You know perfectly well you're the only woman in the world for me. You've been unfaithful to me in so many other ways. How many times have you abandoned me for meetings, for golf dates? Well, that was all in the way of business. Business. You know what the problem is? You read too many books. The other side to that coin. It could be that you don't read enough. Well, you get these ideas, these flowery notions. Why did we come down here? To enjoy a vacation. But you're not enjoying it. You're worrying about your customers, your competitors. Shall I tell you why we're here? Please, Marlena. So you can do a selling job on me. Have I said a single word You're about... just waiting for the strategic moment. Darling, the answer is no. You'll only lose every last tickle. Now, Marlena... You're not cut out for business. You're a salesman. And that's where you belong. But, Marlena, the big money is when you... The big go... money only comes when you have the killer instinct. What killer instinct? It means you'll stop at nothing. You're too nice a guy. I used to be a nice guy. You can't change your essential nature. You're a great salesman, but that's it. You're just not a killer. That's why you should never go into business. Wilfred Sloan is willing to sell me an interest for 50000 You have a great job with Carruthers. Harrison, there is no way in the world you could ever convince me to let you have that money. Mr. Harrison Craig, there's a telephone call from Mr. Harrison Craig. Oh, they can never let me alone, even when I'm on vacation. Come, darling, you know you love it. This is Harrison Craig. Harry. Oh, hello, Wilfred. How's the weather down there? That's not what you called to find out, is it? <laughs> no. How, um, how are you doing? Great. I mean with Marlena. There uh, won't be any trouble there, Wilfred. I don't have to tell you. There are a few other people interested. Yes, I know. But I'd rather have you in with me. You'd be bringing in more than just the money. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're going to see the daylight on this thing. Now get back to the pool. Bye-bye, partner. That, I assume, was Wilfred Sloan, who wanted to know if you'd softened the old bag up yet. Marlena, Wilfred Sloan is a gentleman. Wilfred Sloan is also a thief. Sloan Enterprises happens to be one of the top computer service companies in the East. Then why does he want money from you? He's selling me an interest in the firm. Your sales ability should entitle you to that. Well, you'll never understand. Ah, I think I'll take a little nap. Look, Marlena, this is a chance in a million. The 50000 you inherited from your mother. Now you can really do something with... Oh, forget it. Why don't you do a little reading, Harrison? Here, this book. It's called The Notebook of Henry James. I don't think that's my cup of tea. It happens to be the only cup of tea around. Harrison? Hmm? I see you're still reading, Mr. James. Yeah, I uh, was glancing through it. 
Why did you underline this? To take what there is and use it without waiting forever in vain to dig deep into the actual and get something out of that. This, without doubt, is the right way to live. Well, I must have underlined it without thinking. It must have made quite an impression on you. Well, I guess it did. It's a good philosophy. It means act. Yeah, I would agree. It makes a lot of sense. Do the best with what you have. Use it. Don't wait. Dig deep. That's the right way to live. Harrison, everything all right with Marlena? Yes, of course, Doctor. It's just fine. I was in the neighborhood. I thought I'd drop in to say hello. Oh. Well, how was the vacation? Oh, just great. Is there uh, anything new with Marlena? <laughs> I should be asking you that question. I haven't seen her in over a month. How is she? Oh, okay. Until she gets those attacks, you know. Mm. Well, the pills should control the problem. Well, they do, but uh, she gets one of those things on an average of every two weeks. Well, just make sure the pills are handy. Well, suppose she gets hit and the, 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 the pills don't work. Oh, that isn't likely. But is it possible? Well, anything is possible. Harrison, do you actually mean you're going to have the money for me in 11 days? Harry? Oh, I, uh, I was thinking of something else. Well, as long as we can be reasonably sure of going through with the deal, long about the end of the month... There's I... no problem, Wilfred. I've already given old Carruthers notice. I'll be all through there. You are serious. You know, I can see a whole new sales expansion program. <laughs> That's why I want you. It'll take money. Well, you have to spend it to make it. Take what there is and use it. What's that, Harry? Oh, it's uh, just a little bit of philosophy. Huh. <laughs> Sounds great. To dig deep into the actual. That's the way to live. Can we afford this place? Oh, don't worry, Marlene. It's on the expense account. What expense account? The one with the company, remember? I understand you're not with the company any longer. Old Carruthers called me this afternoon, said you'd given notice. Asked me if I couldn't try to drill some sense into you. I was suffocating in that place. Was it wise to quit before you had something else lined up? Well, I thought I could force the issue. What issue? Well... Wilfred Sloan is pressing me. I can't put him off any longer. So I thought if I quit my job, you might change your mind about the money. It would show you I mean business. I see. Marlena, I was suffocating in that place. Were you? You should have consulted me before you quit. I knew what you would say. And I still say it. You'll have to get another job. But <laughs> with your ability, you shouldn't have any trouble. Even Carruthers wants you back. Marlena. You don't have the killer instinct. It's that simple. <gasps> oh. What? What is it? I'm not sure. It's it, not another... My, my, my handbag. Yes. Here it is. Uh, uh, here's the vial with the pills. Good. L let me... No, no, I can manage. It's, a, it's all right. There. There. Oh. That should do it. Thank goodness. Oh, those pills. What a miraculous... Harrison. What is it? I don't understand. 
The, the, the pressure isn't going away. But it's supposed to. Oh. Maybe you should take another one. I, I, I never had to do that before. I'm scared. Waiter. Somebody, get an ambulance quickly. Harrison, hold me. I, I can't seem to... I can't, I can't seem to... Darling. I, I'm afraid. This is the one time... The pill just didn't work. The one time. It was bound to happen one time, as we all know. But as we all know, there may be a certain area of mystery about this one particular time. Harrison Craig had hinted that the pill would not work one time. Was he perhaps giving way to a wishful thought? Or could there have been something more tangible? That could very well be the concern of Act Two. These things happen. People have illnesses that could be quite serious, even fatal. But they manage to keep things under control with certain medications. Until that one time when suddenly nothing works anymore. We're dealing here not with the manufactured mysteries of fiction, but with the greatest of all mysteries, the human body. Uh, Lieutenant Barry... Oh, please, come in. Sit down. Thank you. <clears throat> My name is Bardell, Dr. Lewis Bardell. I'm a cardiologist. Oh, what can I do for you, doctor? Uh, well, a patient of mine died of what might be called a massive heart attack. Yes? I performed a post-mortem, and that's how I know. Besides, it was something that could have been expected. Well, what is there that could involve the police? The attack could be controlled by a pill. And? Well, let me tell it this way. She was in a restaurant having dinner with her husband. She had a sudden seizure. She took the pill. I know she took the pill because people there saw it. But this time, it simply didn't work. She died. Yes, Doctor? I'm not satisfied. With what? I think her husband murdered her. That's a serious charge. He'd been after her for money. And she'd been refusing him. On her death... He came into it. He's already invested it. But, Doctor, none of this constitutes evidence. I'm convinced he caused her death. But how? Well, he could have tampered with the pills. You see, he'd come to my office about a week before. He made sure to ask me if there were... if the pills were 100% reliable. I say that he... He placed a sugar pill or some other harmless, untraceable substance into the vial she carried with her. Did you find anything of that nature in the vial? No. But he could have removed them or used another vial or almost anything. Uh, Dr. Bardell, why are you making these charges? The truth? I never liked Harrison Craig. I know he married Marlena for her money. I know in my heart he killed her. And I also know in my heart that I could never prove it. Proof is always what we need. Well, I've come here because I felt I just had to tell this to somebody. And I have. Thank you for your time and your patience, Lieutenant Barry. Wolf 
Fred, I have some things to go over with you. Well, now, couldn't it wait till after lunch? It's important, Alfred. It won't, won't take a minute. There's a uh, sales promotion kit I've put together. We can distribute these but to... That's, that's going to cost money. Well, of course it is. I don't know. Wilfred, when I bought into this outfit, it was with the understanding that we would go ahead with a fully realized sales plan. Well, we've had some recent reverses. We have to pull in our horse. Oh, no, no, no. This is the time to go all out. All right, all right, all right. We'll talk about it after lunch. Yes. Oh. Well, all right. Send him in. Uh, this is all I need. I'm Lieutenant Barry. Yeah. Oh. When my girls had a police, Lieutenant. Yes, I understand. Well, uh, what can I do for you, Lieutenant? Um, in the matter of your late wife's death. Yes? What's in it to involve the police? Your wife took pills that were supposed to get her over her attacks. Yes. That night, are you sure she had the right pills? Positive. She only took one kind. She only had one vial. That's where she kept them. And who had access to the pills? Well, she did, naturally. I did, of course. Who else? The uh, cleaning lady who comes in three or four times a week. The pharmacist who fills the prescription. Is there some sort of, uh, you know... Suspicion of criminal activity? Just routine, Mr. Craig. I can't imagine what that means. I have the right to know why I'm being interviewed. When someone dies under mysterious circumstances, it's routine to question anyone who might benefit by that person's death. Your wife left you a sum of money. That's a matter of record. Is it true that you wanted her to lend you that money while she was still alive and she refused? Who told you that? Oh, wait. There's only one person who would know that. Dr. Bardell. All right, let me tell you something about Lou Bardell. He doesn't like me. He doesn't? He hates me. Why? Because he thought he was going to marry Marlena before I came along and cut him out. I bet he didn't tell you that, did he? So he's trying to build a case against me, is he? Well, he doesn't have any proof. Because there isn't any proof. I'm innocent. And good day to you, Detective Lieutenant Barry. Lowell. Hey, you can't just barge in here. Suppose I had a patient. What right did you have to go to the cops? Because I know you killed her. That's crazy. Of course it's crazy. You were crazy to do it. You can't prove it. I know. But that's not the same as saying you're innocent. Lou, you never forgave me for taking Marlene away from you. Yes, I did. As long as I felt that the better man had won. But you're not the better man anymore. You're a murderer. I can sue you for slander. And if that stupid lieutenant goes along, I can have her badge. You know the tragedy of all this? You killed Marlena for nothing. I've heard enough of this, and I've warned you. You might as well listen to a little more. We talked a lot over the last year, Marlene and I, and she told me about that phony offer you got from Wilfred Sloan. Well, what did Marlene ever know about business? Nothing. But she knew people. And she spotted Sloan. He took you for that 50000 What would you know about it? I've made it my business to find out, just to prove something to you. 
I made some discreet inquiries. Wilfred Sloan is going to declare bankruptcy. Well, I don't believe that. His company is a hollow shell. He's drained it dry. That's a lie. I have a patient who's an attorney for some of your creditors. What? Say, uh, you better sit down. It's a good thing you're in a doctor's office. You could very well have a... Hey, where are you going? Wilfred. Oh, hello, Harry. You caught me just as I was leaving. You're not going anywhere. What's this about bankruptcy? <laughs> Whatever gave you there, Harry? What happens to me? I'm out in the cold. Broke. You looted the assets, even my 50000 Oh, now I'll, I'll see that everybody gets paid every penny. When? How? You're not going bankrupt. You can't stop me. We're going to stay in business. We can't. We can. I figured it out. We can get the Clovis account. Why, that's impossible. It belongs to Carruthers. Jim has it all sewed up. I can unstitch it. Don't forget, I'm the best salesman in the world. You'll never do it. I have to go bankrupt. I won't let you. I don't care what you do. You can't stop me. Uh, yes, this is Mr. Harrison Craig. Dude, it's three in the morning. I'm sorry, this is Detective Lieutenant Barry. Could you come down to police headquarters? Your partner, Mr. Wilfred Sloan, has been found dead. Offhand, Mr. Craig, it appears to be suicide. He was found inside his car, in his garage. The doors were closed. The motor was running. Oh. Why should he commit suicide? Business was pretty bad. Well, it was worse than that. He was about to declare bankruptcy. Yes, that's right. And you didn't want him to do that, did you? You had just invested rather heavily in the business. What are you implying, Lieutenant? You had a fight with him earlier in the day. People in the office overheard you. You said you wouldn't let him go bankrupt. That was an empty threat. How could I stop him? By doing just what you did. You waited for him to come home. As soon as he parked his car in the garage, you slugged him. There's a bruise on his jaw. You put him back in the car, turned on the engine... And closed the garage doors. That's a lie. Is it, Mr. Craig? You have no proof. You it... killed your wife to get the money. You killed Wilfred Sloan because he was going to steal it. Where do you go from here? You have no right to make that accusation. I only want to help you. Help? I'm the victim of a plot cooked up by my late wife's unsuccessful lover. My wife died of a heart attack. The pill that had been prescribed by that same lover failed to work. I'm accused of tampering with it. Mr. Harris. And now the, the managing partner of my firm is found dead of monoxide poisoning in his garage. I am accused of having staged his murder. It doesn't occur to you, does it, Lieutenant, that the man committed suicide because his reputation could have been destroyed forever? What's in all this for you, Lieutenant? I'm doing my job. I only want to help. The person you really want to help is yourself. A woman dies of a heart attack, but our crackerjack lady sleuth proves that her husband is guilty of murder. 
A man dies of carbon monoxide poisoning, but this same fantastic girl detective proves his partner murdered him. Mr. Craig, perhaps you couldn't help yourself. A man's frustrations can drive him to the limit and beyond. That's an interesting angle. You know something? You're going to kill again. If you have evidence, arrest me. You are 40 years old. You never did anything criminal in your life. And then suddenly, something went wrong. And you killed. Then you committed another murder. It was easy. They were practically perfect crimes. You're right. I can't prove it. Then let that be the end of it. I said, you're going to kill again. Again? Well, you've seen how easy it is. And how it seems to solve the problem. Mr. Craig, murder is going to become a way of life with you. Am I required to listen to this? Just remember, you won't get away with the next one. What next one? That's quite an interesting question. Is there going to be a next one? Who could the victim be? Dr. Lou Bardell, who certainly has been most troublesome... How about the detective lieutenant, Ruth Brady? A dark horse. Someone is sure to be elected in Act Three. We do seem to have an interesting situation going. Has Harrison Craig been responsible for the deaths of his wife and his business partner? Or is he the victim of coincidence? Or can we say, of highly circumstantial evidence? Sometimes the appearance of guilt can be so overwhelming that no one notices that the facts, if any, are extremely flimsy. It's true that a man is supposed to be innocent until he's proved guilty, but how many times have we convicted people in our minds because our intuition tells us they must be guilty? Miss Stone, I'm dictating a letter and I want you to take it off the machine immediately. All right, where was I? Okay. And so, to all the creditors of Sloan Enterprises, let me assure you that our prospects have never been better. Within a week or two, I expect to announce that we have landed a major account. And once again, we shall begin to show a profit. Confidently yours and my signature. Come in. Good morning, Mr. Craig. Oh, it's you. Well, Lieutenant? I just dropped in to see if we could have a sensible talk. Lieutenant, this can be considered harassment. Well, then report it. I will. I don't think so. Not if you think it over. You are obviously harassing me. My superior is Captain Daly. The complaint would come to his desk and he'd call me in and say, what's this all about? And I would tell him absolutely everything I know. All of which is pure supposition. Of course. But Captain Daly just might think there's something in it. And then where would you be? Because Daly would put heavy manpower out on it. You can never predict what an all-court press might come up with. Why don't you tell Daly yourself, hmm? I'll make a confession. I'm not obligated at this point to tell Daly anything about this case because I'm not working on a case. Actually, there isn't any case. Do you see? 
I'm not sure. I'm just doing a little quiet running around on my time off. I have had about enough of You this. haven't had anything yet. You killed your wife. She was a very sick woman. A jury might feel she could have gone out at any time. Next, you killed your partner. A scoundrel. He actually swindled you. Nobody's going to have much sympathy for him. A good lawyer could work the temporary insanity angle. What with one thing and another, you could come out clean in five years, maybe less. You want to hear more? No. I'll tell you anyhow. But this is where it must end. This is as far as you can go. The next killing puts you in an entirely different class. Why do you keep saying the next killing? Take my word for it. You're hooked. Lieutenant, I'm very busy. And since you're here in an unofficial capacity... The next one will brand you as a mass murderer. And if you don't get life, you'll do a minimum of 15 to 20 years in jail. You'll come out, you'll be 55, 60... What'll be left for you? I am trying to stop you from committing the third one. How can I commit the third one when I didn't commit the first and the second? Mrs. Clovis, why do you need a computer service company to begin with? Efficiency, right? If you reconsider every point I have listed in this presentation, you can see that we offer more efficiency economically and effectively than any one of our competitors. You've made a very compelling presentation, Harrison. Well, it states the facts, Sarah. It seems a little odd, somehow, to have you selling against Jim Carruthers after all these years. <laughs> a man must move on, you know. He gave you your very first break in this business. Sentiment, I'm afraid, pays very few bills. That's true. Mr. Carruthers helped me with... It wasn't a break, exactly. But it was valuable counsel. And more than that, comfort. I didn't have an easy time of it, Harrison. Sarah, you are one of the most inspiring success stories in our country. There were very few women engineers when I was young. I was the only girl in my class. I was considered something of a freak. But Jim Carruthers recommended me for a job at National Automated Machinery. And today, National Automated is the Sarah Clovis Company. It's certainly a fantastic accomplishment. Harrison, I know you're in a position to do a better all-around job for us. But as long as Jim Carruthers is alive, he has the account. Sarah, that isn't the kind of thinking that got you to the top. True. But now that I've arrived there, I can allow myself to think differently. But you can't afford to run a business on sentiment. I agree. But if you don't do something you can't afford every once in a while, you really can't consider yourself a human being. Good morning, Mr. Craig. Lieutenant Barry, have you been following me? Now, how can you say that? I just happen to be walking down the street. You're wasting your time. How's business? I'm not sure that it's your business. People can get away with murder. Many of them do. I suppose you can get away with it, too. This time. There's no way we can tie you to the deaths of your wife and your partner. And why do you keep hounding me? You are going to kill again. I know that. 
And that's what's so frustrating. There's nothing I can do about it. Lieutenant, if you'll excuse me. For a man who's been an upright citizen all his life, it's difficult to develop a taste for murder. But once he's got it, he has to indulge it. Lieutenant, arrest me or don't arrest me. You know I can't arrest you. In that case, just let me alone. Hello. Hello, Harrison. Oh, Mrs. Clovis. I suppose you've heard the news. Yes, it was on the radio. Isn't it just awful? I don't know what to say. We have a friend at police headquarters. And they say they have no leads at all. He was just shot down by some thug who took his wallet. Oh, poor Jim. Poor Jim. Our streets have become a jungle. Well... Oh, what's the use? And yet, life must go on. Now, we're having some very serious software problems. I know you can help us. I can only say, what a way to get an account. Yes. I recall I did say, as long as Jim Carruthers is alive. I'll drop by this morning. Yes. Oh, no. Well, tell him I'm busy. I'm in a meeting. I went to China. I don't want to see him. Harrison. Look, you can't barge into my office. Why not? You barged into mine. You may have gone too far. What are you talking about? You killed Jim Carruthers. Get out of here. You killed Jim Carruthers. Get out before I throw you out. You'll hear me out. I happen to know you were working for Jim before you killed Marlena. Carruthers was a very close friend of Sarah Clovis. She was your biggest account when you worked for Carruthers. You thought you could take her account with you when you joined Wilfred Sloan, but you couldn't. How do I know all these things? Marlena told me. And so I killed Jim to get the account, eh? It was the only way. You needed the account in order to survive. Now, where's the proof? Proof? Well, that'll come in time. Now, question... Is Lieutenant Barry homicide aware of the motive you might have? Will she be able to connect you with the murderer as an interested party? One who stands to profit tremendously? I don't think so. Not yet. And so I shall tell her. But not yet. Because once she knows this, she'll be bound to inform her superiors. You're out of your mind, you know that? I shall present a chain of events that's too strong to dismiss as mere coincidence. The police will break you down. Will you get out of here? But first, I'll break you down myself. You can wonder how long I'll wait before I go to Lieutenant Barry. Wait a... You. You, you, you killed Marlena. Me? Come on now. Lieutenant Barry asked me who had access to those pills. I told her. But I left out one name. Yours. I merely prescribed them. But the last time, I remember the last time, I asked her if she had enough. She said, I told Lou I was running low. And he said... Here, take these. I don't remember that at all. You gave her a vial that had one different pill from those she was taking. Sooner or later, she'd have to take that one and she'd be dead. And why would I do that? Revenge. Revenge. 
You'd kill her for having chosen me. And then you could work up a chain of circumstantial evidence to implicate me. So it was I who slugged Wilfred Sloan and put him in a closed garage and turned on the automobile engine. Absolutely. And I murdered Jim Carruthers, too. Why not? By this time, you developed a taste for it. And you were nailing my coffin shut. It won't work. Why not? The chain of evidence could just as easily point to you. My lawyer could spin the same fantasy about you as the district attorney could weave about me. At this point, two more murders are necessary. Two more? Killing gets out of hand. The only police officer who has insight into the situation is Lieutenant Barry. She's freelancing. Once she's out of the way, there's no reason for the police to make any connection at all. I find this fascinating. And the other murder? To tie it up. To close the book. You would have to kill me. Oh, you've got that wrong, my friend. You'd have to kill me. Lieutenant Barry. Do you want information on the Carruthers murder? Who's calling, please? That doesn't matter. Russ, see if you can trace this. Oh, uh, what can you tell me? You know, you know where the observation point is near exit 18 on the freeway? Uh, yes. I'll meet you there. Well, uh, why there? I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be known. 11 o'clock tonight. And you have to be alone. Or it's no deal. Understand? Yes, uh, I understand. Now tell me who... <sighs> yeah. Russ, didn't get anything, did you? <sighs> I couldn't hold him on the line long enough. Turn around. Very slowly. Put up your hands. What? It's you, Dr. Bardell. Yes. I wanted to give you some information. You were also going to shoot me the minute I drove up. You arrived early, but I got here earlier. That isn't true. I was going to tell you about the connection between Jim Carruthers and Harrison Craig. You have to believe that. I'll have absolutely no trouble at all believing it, provided there isn't a gun in your pocket. Of course there's a gun in my pocket. And I have a license for it, too. But the question, Dr. Bardell, is will ballistics be able to prove that it's the same gun that fired the bullet that killed Jim Carruthers? Russ, Eddie, search him and bring him in. Mr. Craig... I didn't believe you at first. Harrison, you... Yes, though. I guess you just developed that killer appetite. We'll see you downtown, Doctor. Take him away, boys. Mr. Craig, you told me Dr. Bardell would try to kill me. It turns out that you were right. I was wrong about you. I... I want to apologize. You know, Lieutenant, I read something somebody wrote. Take what there is and use it without waiting forever. I'm trying to do it. But I couldn't. 
And that's the reason my wife wouldn't give me the money to go into business. She was right when she said, Darling, you don't have the killer instinct. About which so much has been written. And what is it exactly, this killer instinct? Does one have to be born with it? Is there a way to acquire it? Or do you have to be a killer to succeed in this life? I suppose that would all depend on how you define success. Once a discussion gets on such a philosophical track, the journey can go on endlessly. But you'll only have to wait a few minutes till I return. began our story with a quote from Henry James, which seemed to start our hero off in a certain direction. Actually, he never went there. But had he possessed a certain psyche, he might have gone all the way. Therefore, novelists, philosophers, essayists, dramatists, be advised. The profound words of advice that you give to the world in such profusion are actually read by people who understand them or misunderstand them and may be driven to courses of action you never even dreamed of. Our cast included Ralph Bell, Terry Keene, Martha Greenhouse, and Cork Benson. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.